Welcome to Flip the Script, your go-to podcast about health disparities. My name is Max. My guest today is Dr. Ade Adamson. He's a dermatologist at the University of Texas in Austin. I'll let him tell us a little bit more about himself. Hey, Max, thanks so much for having me on your podcast. Um, yeah, I'm assistant professor here in, uh, at UT Austin Dell Bed School. And uh, I'm the director of the Pigment and Lesion Clinic um, at UT Austin. And the Pigment and Lesion Clinic are for patients that have uh, a history of melanoma or are at high risk of developing melanoma. I do research 80% of my time. So I only see patients about uh, one day uh, per week. I also see uh, patients as a, uh, uh, as a consultant in, in the hospital uh, as well. Um, and my research, it focuses primarily on how we deliver care to patients with dermatologic disorders, in particular, those that have uh, skin cancer um, and uh, mostly those that have melanoma, hence me being the director of the pigment and lesion clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a, you know interest in evidence-based medicine, um, in uh, health disparities as it relates to dermatology. Um, and how we can leverage policy to help uh, improve outcomes uh, for patients, not only in medicine, but uh, not only in dermatology, excuse me, but in in medicine as well. Mm -hmm. Got it. Um, So you have this sort of like interesting niche background, right? Both in part because you have been sort of leading conversations around how we think about um, uh, like, I don't know, like prevention of skin cancers and, and also being a skin cancer researcher. So a lot, you know, we're, this is July when we're, you know, we're, right now we're having this interview, uh, about to get into the summer. And a lot of what, uh, you know, we're told is you, you got to wear sunscreen. Um, and there's this interesting fraught conversation around black people, sunscreen and skin cancer, right? Um, yeah. What's the deal? Yeah, so uh, if you followed me on social media, I have had a number of tutorials or rants or threads, however you want to call it, Uh um, about this issue. Um, And, you know, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about the risk factors that are associated with developing skin cancer among Black people. Uh Um, and I think that um, a lot of that is because we have decided to use uh, what we've learned from, you know, skin cancer in white people and apply it to black people, mm-hmm. where this probably is not an appropriate thing to do. Yeah. And, you know, there's a few things that you have to know. One. Skin cancer, just in general, is not as common in Black people. It's just, it just not, right? If you take melanoma, for example, the incidence rate, meaning the amount of new cases per year, is about, is about if you include like all melanomas of every you know, uh, stage, it's about 70 per 100,000, okay, mm-hmm. for white people. It is one per 100,000 for Black people. Okay, so mm-hmm. that is a 70 times difference. And then if you just use, you know, invasive melanoma as, as an example, it's like 50 to one. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so 
if you're trying to prevent melanoma, it's a lot easier to prevent a, a, a cancer if it's more common in a population than it is less common in a population. Mm-hmm. The, ex- the example that I like to give is um, breast cancer. Women get breast cancer, but so do men. Mm-hmm. Okay. And actually the difference in, in, in incidence between the two is probably, you know, comparable to the difference in incidence between melanoma in black people and white people. And we know that mammography is a, um, a technology used to find, you know, early, um, early breast cancers and, you know, hopefully improve, you know, lives, et cetera. That's a fraught conversation and I'm not going to get into that. But the point I want to make is that nobody would ever reasonably say men should have mammography, right? Right. In order, in order to prevent, you know, aggressive breast cancer because it just wouldn't make any sense. Right, mm-hmm. because it is just not very common. And in the same way, the use of sunscreen religiously all the time, even if it were to reduce melanoma incidence in Black people, it would likely not work because it's just such a low risk of it happening. Mm-hmm. Got it. So, I mean, also just the logistic of doing a, a mammogram on, on men is probably a lot harder. Uh, that's true yeah, yeah that's true <laughs> uh, so there are other purposes of sunscreen right um yeah. you know thinking about like i don't know hyper uh, pigmentation yep. um that i guess that's where we would get the bang the bang for our buck in wearing sunscreen yeah um, that's uh, what i always tell my patients if they come asking me for sunscreen you know um or photo protection uh, you know measures I mean, mm-hmm. ways in which you kind of reduce the amount of UV exposure, UV damage that you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, sunscreen is just one part of those. You know, wearing a hat is another, staying out of the sun certain times a day, wearing long sleeves, you know, uh, things like that. There are also other ways. Mm-hmm. And all of those would help with some of the deleterious effects of the sun, like hyperpigmentation, like you said, um, freckling, you know, like you said. Uh, there's some photosensitive disorders like lupus, right, which mm-hmm. uh, can be more common in um, in uh, in blacks. And so, if you want to use sunscreen or photo protection for all of those reasons, I would say yes, of course you should do it. You want to you want to keep looking youthful, you know, look good, you know, yeah, and you gotta uh, and, maximize that black don't crack. Yeah, yeah, maximize it. But, you know, people say, you know, they'll say, well, black does crack, all this stuff. I mean, it does. It does. It does. But, I mean, if you look at photo aging and you compare someone that is pale and white versus black, I mean, those that are pale and white over time, they're photo aging, aging related to the, 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 the UV sun exposure. exposure. Yeah, it is a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Pure and simple. And that's because of the melanin. It's because the melanin in the skin that can give you an SPF uh, protection of up to, you know, 15. And this is another thing that I would say by promoting, you know, sunscreen for, you know, uh, skin cancer prevention or protection in black people. What it does, it then obscures us looking for the actual cause of you know, skin cancers of black people, right? Uh-huh. By by continuing to believe that, oh, it's got to be the sun, it's got to be the sun, which very little data supports that, right? We basically neglect 
looking for other actual reasons, right? Mm-hmm. And, you, and you have people putting on sunscreen, basically, that are black for nothing. So, well, I hear you. And to, uh, to quote our good sis, Oprah, what is the truth? What is the, uh, you know, what have been like sort of pre-identified causes of skin cancer among black people that are totally not related to sun exposure? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we don't know, you know, but, mm-hmm. but, but there's some evidence, you know, to, so this is might be, I don't want to complicate things, you know, but there are generally three types of cancers you think about. There's melanoma, right? Mm-hmm. Which are, comes from melanocytes that make the pigment in your skin. And that's thought to be, you know, or it is, you know, the deadlier kind of skin cancer. Mm-hmm. Then there's two others that are referred to as non-melanoma skin cancers or keratinocyte carcinomas. One is the basal cell and the other is squamous cell. These cancers, um, they often are not deadly, but they can also develop in folks with skin of color, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, melanomas in folks that are black, uh, many of them develop on the palms of the hands and the soles of the feet, mm-hmm. right? Bar-Mali. And there's this, yeah, Barmali is an example, right? And uh, there's this idea that, you know, maybe it has to do with how weight and trauma, you know, happens on the feet, but in reality, we actually don't know. Mm-hmm. And what I would say is that um, we don't know we don't know what causes the black people and we don't know what causes the white people. Mm-hmm. Because in fact, the incidence rate of you developing a melanoma on your palm or your soul is equivalent across races, essentially. Got it. So okay. would you, so, so given that most melanomas um, among black people um, happen on, you know, the palm, the soles and the, uh, and yeah. the, and like under the nails, um, and and that those happen at the same rate as uh, among white people. Bas- it sounds like basically your regular like run of the mill melanoma is near non-existent among among black people. Basically, the one to seventy statistic includes all melanomas, right? That's all melanomas, not just right. ones on the palms and soles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't want to say melanomas never, you know, develop on black people. Right. That's that's not true. And they do. And when they do, which is important, is they're usually at later stages, and mm-hmm. black people have a worse out- outcome. And some of the research that I'm doing is trying to figure out: okay, once you get diagnosed, you know, mm-hmm. is the treatment that you're you're getting does it differ? Do you have delays in surgery, or do you not get your surgeries? Uh, you know, on time or at the at the same rate or as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the research that I've done have shown that people that are black tend to have delays in the surgeries that they get. So that's after diagnosis. So that's right. not even you know. So that's something about incidence. Exactly, and that, that's something that we can really intervene upon as a uh, as a population. Whether that's you know through you know better access to insurance or you know um, making sure that uh, people. Uh, um, you know, provide the the guidance for some folks in order for them to you know get their their surgeries, etc. Mm-hmm. Referral to the most surgeons. Um, so my question about um, the sort of you know gradient in terms of the severity of melanoma presenting uh, is 
is is anyone doing work related to skin tone like you know sort of like looking at within race differences because obviously yeah. uh if we're assuming that melanin like as in yeah you melanin which is the version that we have correct yeah uh that eumelanin is protective against um melanoma then there's a fairly high likelihood that you know you know lighter skinned black people you know on that sort of like spectrum have um greater odds of of having melanoma um so that that is a, this is a very interesting point um and we don't know the answer to that you know is there a relationship between like your um uh the concentration of melanin in your skin right which is mm -hmm. a surrogate of you being light or dark right mm -hmm. and your risk of developing melanoma how has no one done the study because it is hard at a population level to figure out what everybody's melanin concentration is fair fair and uh, actually that has hampered i think some uh research into diseases that may differ based on your melanin, you know, concentration. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, we'll come back to that. Uh, and one of the things that I, um, that you mentioned related to, you know, kind of modifiable factors in terms of diagnosing uh, melanoma potentially either, you know, like delays in care. Uh, but are there also delays in Diagnoses, like, is anyone looking at like missed opportunities to diagnose melanoma uh, in the way that you know, like, addiction yeah. researchers kind of like look at missed opportunities to initiate medications for uh, addiction? Yeah, and so the the research into that is a little more limited, mm -hmm. um, but uh, there it has been theorized that that's perhaps where we could also be better at. Um, having intervention you know mm -hmm. being bringing more awareness to you know growth on the skin mm -hmm. being associated with potentially skin cancer that you know black people can get skin cancer and i don't want people to walk away thinking that i'm saying black people can't get skin cancer they can right mm -hmm. and there should be an awareness about that my only contention is what do we do about it do we screen everybody you know do we make everyone wear sunscreen you know uh, those are two things that I think are the wrong path, mm -hmm. right? Because they're either useless or they have other unintended side, uh, consequences. Um, and so I think it is, you know, about education. And you know, but again, this is also hard to study because, like I said at the top, it is much less common in Black folks, right? Mm -hmm. And so, in order to do that study, right, you have to find all of those people and say talk to them and say you know hey when did you first notice this or you know um uh, when did you first seek care um why did it take so long right in sort of like a case control fashion right you look at what are the predictors uh of of you uh you know i don't know you know um having a thinner say melanoma as a uh, as a person of color mm -hmm. Uh, so you mentioned education, and so this brings me to my next point, uh, which is about medical education. You know how both medical trainees, so students, residents, and physicians across the board, not only not not you know not only people who are going into or focusing on dermatology, how are um, how we are taught about you know identifying disorders in skin of color, um, 
And so there's this article published um, recently in the New England Journal of Medicine uh, about how uh, you know medicine is missing the bullseye. So you know referring to what Lyme disease looks like when it has skin manifestations on white people versus black people. Um, so I want to get your thoughts on I guess like where you know the current gaps in education related to skin of color in medical school and in residencies, you know, beyond just like in dermatology. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, I appreciate that uh, that article was uh, ended up in the New England Journal with a wide audience. Um, but uh, the article also was missing a lot of really important context about uh, the state of you know, work around skin of color and uh, trying to get textbooks and, and uh, um, exam prep materials and all of these things to have more diverse representation of skin disease, okay? Mm -hmm. There's been decades of this done by many dermatologists trying to, you know, improve curricula, like I said, diversify uh, textbooks. It got to the point where there was, uh, there's actually a separate textbook Right, which I think is less than ideal, called the skin, you know, uh, of color like textbook, that um, the back of the bus textbook. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, you call it whatever you want, but it, but it, but if you want to, you know, see a lot of images or, or and descriptions of uh, of uh, of uh, disorders and things like that in uh, skin of color, like you have to like look at a separate textbook, you know, mm -hmm. and um, and so uh, uh, the, the Lyme disease kind of analogy that was used, you know, I think that, uh, you know, it, it makes a, a, a fair point. Um, but, um, you know, the bullseye rash isn't always, you know, there. But, you know, uh, for certain, you know, disorders, like whether it's subtle rosacea or even, you know, subtle acne, mm -hmm. um, you know, how skin cancers look, um, you know, uh, how psoriasis sometimes look. There's a lot, a lot of things that look different in skin of color than in, um, than in uh, lighter skin tones. And, you know, if you don't see it, right, as students, how are you going to know what it is? And you could potentially, you know, underdiagnose something, miss something, you know, et cetera. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm curious, has anyone looked uh, or studied how um how likely residents or yeah I, I would look at residents how likely they are to misdiagnose or miss a diagnosis uh of a common dermatologic uh finding um in darker skin compared to lighter skin so i i cannot off the top of my head think about a well-done study that has looked exactly at that but mm -hmm. there have definitely been studies that have shown that um residents feel less confident about mm -hmm. diagnosing disease and darker skin types mm -hmm. right? um and then you know and and i think a lot of this has to do with some of the educational textbooks that they have right mm -hmm. and then the fact that uh some you know residency programs are in places in the country where there are fewer patients that they interact with that have you know skin of color right even hospitals that kind of just don't see black people yeah because of I don't know, insurance differences racial yep. right all of that right um, but then if you're out here and you're a dermatologist 
don't you want to have a mastery of all skin? Like, can you imagine being a nephrologist and being like, you know, you black with a kidney? Mm, I feel uncomfortable here. Or, <laughs> or I mean, I'm just saying, like, or, I know. You know, cardiologist. Can you imagine that? I mean, this is ridiculous, you know. But there's a proportion of you know, uh, of, of, and dare I say, probably a ten. You know, just kind of like, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's going on here, um, but um, I'm hoping that my field, you know, I, I think, you know, in this moment, you know, what's happening now, this summer of 2020, it's opening some people's eyes that, uh, you know, we need to do uh, do better. Mm-hmm. And then one, other, then one other thing I would say is, is you know, they're actually skin of color clinics, right? Mm-hmm. Open Mount Sinai. At different, Sinai, you know, has the original, you know, uh, the original named one, you know, um, you know, Penn has one, there's a lot of UCSF, you know, you know, all sorts of different, you know, uh, places. And so to address like this need, you know, mm-hmm. but again, you know, some would argue that, wow, this is, this is a really incredible that in a, in a medical field, you have to have like a separate, almost like segregated, like subfield for the people that aren't white. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what is the field? reaction to it like are people finally opening their eyes and i mean that literally and figuratively like so they could see skin of color they are i mean so they are there have been a lot of uh there's been a lot of discussions you know about this um and there's a skin of color society you know Mm -hmm. um and uh that has promoted uh this you know need for there to be more diversity as it relates to uh our learning material Mm-hmm. what gets discussed at our national conference right? mm-hmm. um, and also making diversity, you know, a priority, you know, dermatology is one of the least diverse specialties, you know, in medicine. Yeah. So right after orthopedic surgery. Yep, exactly. And so, and I think that we have to change that. Mm-hmm. And so thinking about path forward, uh, what, you know, I mean, med- medical school itself is not, you know, the most diverse setting. Uh, and so when thinking about diversity at the specialty level, um, so for instance, I just read something yesterday about the fact that only 2% of, um, of psychiatrists in this country are Black. Uh, and I think, I don't know, maybe 6% of medical students are Black. And so uh, I like to think about representation and specialties based on what representation looks like in medical school as opposed to what the general population looks like because you know you gotta where are specialties getting their people from it's from medical school um so i guess what at the med school level do you think can be done um or should be done to increase representation of uh you know black folks going into derm i think that it is the injection of more dermatology in the first couple of years, mm-hmm. because I think it's at that point where people feel like they're toast and they can't do dermatology, mm-hmm. right? Um, or they don't see kind of the the breadth, you know, of it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's one way, you know. And I also think that departments of dermatology at medical schools need to actively engage with medical students. Mm-hmm. In order to, you know, uh, show them that this is a welcoming field, you know, we, 
to try to do this at, um, at where I was as a, a resident in um, at UT Southwestern, uh, the same when I was uh, on faculty at UNC. And you know, our med school here is very small and fledgling, but you know, we're, we're, we're trying to do the same here you know, as well. You know, we just graduated our first uh, class ever here at Delmed. Um, and so I think that there's, it's important for, for departments to actually actively engage with students and meet them where they are. Mm-hmm. Got it. Uh, I, I, it sounds like that in general, you know, would make more people interested in dermatology. Uh, but there's also this sort of conversation around the fact that maybe there are too many dermatologists or, or, or you know, when thinking about like where, where do we need you know, given the limited supply of people graduated from medical school, where do we need them to go? Um, and obviously, like black medical students, and in general, like medical students who are from underrepresented backgrounds, black, Hispanic, um, uh, and indigenous are more likely to go into primary care. Um, but I always wonder if it's a matter of I don't just wonder, actually, I know it's not just uh, it's it's not just a matter of like, people coming into medical school saying that, yes, I want to do primary care, right? Uh, and and I, mm-hmm. I, I want to imagine a world where um, we can dream of going into whatever specialty we want to, and we're not necessarily like pigeonholed or pushed into one specialty just by, just because, you know, there's nothing wrong with going into primary care, but like we should all sort of like be able to explore the same opportunities. I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. I, I think I agree with what you're saying. And um, it's not about me feeling like everybody needs to go into dermatology. Everybody doesn't need to go into dermatology. Um, but like you said, I think that your reason for not going into dermatology shouldn't be, you know, um, because no one looks like me in it, so I don't want to do it. Or like, I can never get into Durham because, you know, you have to do X, Y, and Z or feel discouraged by um, advisors who tell you, oh, nah, you're not gonna gonna match this, that, and the the third. I think that is a responsibility for, um, you know, academic dermatologists, especially that are at medical schools to um, make sure that those aren't the reasons why folks aren't going into Durham, all right? And again, like you said, I think that if you want to go into primary care and that's your passion, do it. Um, OBGYN, do it. You know, medicine, do it. Um, but you should feel like whatever choice you, you make, you're not being, I don't know, uh, shut out, right? Because mm-hmm. of uh, how, how you look. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, well, Dr. Adamson, thank you so much um, for sharing your expertise and uh, your knowledge with us. And I really appreciate having you on the pod. Hey, thanks for having me. It's been great. Yeah, pleasure's mine. Thanks everyone for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of Flip the Script. <laughs>